Hello, welcome to Redux, episode 7, Attitude, now read by Himshikha. If in the presence of circumstances that are about to take place, you can take the highest attitude possible, that is, if you put your consciousness in contact with the highest consciousness within the reach, you can be absolutely sure that in that case it is the best that can happen to you. But as soon as you fall from this consciousness into the lower state, then it is evidently not the best that can happen, for the simple reason that you are not in your very best consciousness. I even go so far as to affirm that in the zone of immediate influence of each one, the right attitude not only has the power to turn every circumstance to advantage, but can change the very circumstance itself. For instance, when a man comes to kill you, if you remain in the ordinary consciousness and gets frightened out of your wits, he will most probably succeed in doing what he came for. If you rise a little higher and though full of fear call for the divine help, he may just miss you, doing you a slight injury. If, however, you have the right attitude and the full consciousness of the divine presence everywhere around you, he will not be able to lift even a finger against you. I have had innumerable examples of the power of right attitude. I have seen crowds saved from the catastrophe by one single person keeping the right attitude. But it must be an attitude that does not remain somewhere very high and leaves the body to its usual reactions. If you remain high up like that, saying, Let's God will be done, you may get killed all the same. For your body may be quite undivine, shivering with fear. The thing is to hold the true consciousness in your body itself. And now, have the least fear and be full of divine peace. Then indeed there is no danger. Not only can attacks of men be warded off, but beasts also, and even the elements can be affected. Sincerity there are people who tell me, I don't have the willpower to overcome desires. That means, you are not sincere. For sincerity is an infinitely more powerful force than all the wills in the world. It can change anything whatever in the twinkling of an eye. It takes hold of it, grips it, pulls it out, and then it's over. But you close your eyes. You find excuses for yourself. Sincerity is the safeguard, the protection, the guide, and finally the transforming power. Endurance. Let endurance be your watchword. Teaching the life force in you, your vital being, not to complain but to put up with all the conditions necessary for great achievement. The body is a very enduring servant. It bears the stress of circumstance tamely like a beast of burden. It is the vital being that is always crumbling and uneasy. The slavery and torture to which it subjects the physical is almost incalculable. How it twists and deforms a poor body to its own fates and fancies, irrationally demanding that everything should be shaped according to its whimsicality. But the very essence of the endurance is that the vital should learn to give up its capricious likes and dislikes and preserve an equanimity in the midst of most trying conditions. When you are treated roughly by somebody or you lack something which would relieve your discomfort, you must keep up cheerfully instead of letting yourself be disturbed. Let nothing ruffle you the least bit. 
and whenever the vital tends to air its petty grievances with a pompous exaggeration, just stop to consider how very happy you are compared to so many in this world. Reflect for a moment on what the soldiers who fought in the last war had to go through. If you had to bear such hardship, you would realize the utter silliness of your dissatisfaction. And yet, I do not wish you to court difficulties. What I want is simply that you should learn to endure the little insignificant troubles of your life. Nothing great is ever accomplished without endurance. If you study the lives of great men, you will see how they set themselves like flint against the weakness of the vital. Even today, the true meaning of our civilization is a mastery of the physical through endurance in the vital. The spirit of the sport and of adventure and the dauntless facing of odds, which is evident in all fields of life, are the part of this ideal of endurance. In science itself, progress depends on countless difficult tests and trials which precede achievement. What you must do is to give your vital a good beating as soon as it protests, for when the physical is concerned, there is a reason to be conceited and to take precautions. But with the vital, the only method is sound kicking. Kick your vital the moment it complains, because there is no other way of getting out of the petty consciousness which attaches so much importance to creature comfort and social amenities instead of asking for light and the truth. The body has a remarkable capacity of adaptation and endurance. It is fit to do so many more things than one can usually imagine. If instead of the ignorant and despotic masters that govern it, it is ruled by the central truth of the being, one will be surprised at what it is capable of doing. During the last war, it was proved that the body was capable of enduring such suffering as is normally impossible to endure. You have surely read or heard these stories of war in which the body was made to suffer and endure terrible things, and it withstood all that. It proved that it had almost inexhaustible capacities of endurance. Some people happened to be under conditions that should have killed them. If they survived, it was because they had in them a very strong will to survive and the body obeyed that will. The principle of endurance relies on the strength of the spirit within us to bear all the contacts, impacts, suggestion of this phenomenal nature that besieges us on every side without being overborne by them, compelled to bear their emotional, sensational, dynamic, intellectual reactions. The outer mind is a lower nature, has not this strength. Its strength is that of a limited force of consciousness, which has to do the best it can with all that comes in upon it or besieges it from the greater well of consciousness and energy which environs it on this plane of existence. That is, it can maintain itself at all and affirm its individual being in the universe is due to indeed to the strength of the spirit within it. But it cannot bring forward the whole of that strength or infinity of that force to meet the attack of life. If it could, it would be at once the equal and master of its world. In fact, it has to manage as it can. It meets certain impacts and is able to assimilate, equate or master them partially or completely, for a time or wholly, and then it has in that degree the emotional and sensational reactions of joy, pleasure, satisfaction, liking, love, etc., 
or the intellectual and mental reactions of acceptance approval understanding knowledge preference and on this it will ceases with attraction desire the attempt to prolong to repeat to create to possess to make them the pleasurable habit of its life other impact it meets but finds them too strong for it or too dissimilar and discordant or too weak to give it satisfaction these are the things which it cannot bear or cannot equate with itself or cannot assimilate and it is obliged to give to them reactions of grief pain discomfort dissatisfaction disliking disapproval rejection inability to understand or know refusal or admission against them it seeks to protect itself to escape from them to avoid or minimize these recurrences it has with regard to them moments of fear anger shrieking horror aversion disgust shame would gladly be delivered from them but it cannot get away from them for it is bound to and even invites their causes and therefore the results for these impacts are the part of life tangled up with the things we desire and the inability to deal with them is a part of imperfection of our nature other impacts again the normal mind succeed in holding at bay or neutralizing and to these it has a natural reaction of indifference insensibility or tolerance which is neither positive acceptance and enjoyment nor rejection or suffering to things persons happenings ideas workings whatever presents itself to the mind there are always these three kind of reactions at the same time in spite of these generality there is nothing absolute about them they form a scheme for a habitual scale which is not precisely the same for all or even for the same mind at different times or in different conditions the same impact may arouse in it at one time and another the pleasurable or positive the adverse or negative or indifferent or neutral reactions the soul which seeks mastery may begin by turning upon these reactions the encountering and opposing force of a strong and equal endurance instead of seeking to protect itself from or to shun and escape the unpleasant impact it may confront them and teach itself to suffer and to bear them with perseverance with fortitude and increasing equanimity or an austere or calm acceptance this attitude this discipline brings out three results three power of the soul in relation to things first it is found that what was before unbearable becomes easy to endure the scale of the power that meets the impact rises in degree it needs a greater and greater force of it or of its protracted incidence to cause trouble pain grief aversion or any other of the notes in the gamut of unpleasant reactions secondly it is found that a conscious nature divides itself into two parts one of the normal mental and emotional nature in which the customary reaction continue to take place another of the higher will and reason which observes that it is not troubled or affected by the passion of this lower nature does not accept it as its own does not approve sanction or participate then the lower nature begins to lose the force and the power to its reaction to submit to the suggestions of the calm and strength from the higher reason and will and gradually that calm and strength take possession of the mental emotional and even the sensational vital physical being
This brings a third power and result the power by this endurance and mastery this separation and rejection of lower nature to get rid of the normal reactions and even if we will to remold all our modes of experience by the strength of the spirit this method is applied not only to the unpleasant but also to the pleasant reactions the soul refuses to give itself up to be or carried away by them it endures with calm the impacts which bring joy and pleasure refuses to be excited by them and replace the joy and eager seeking of the mind after pleasant things by the calm of the spirit it can be applied to to the thought mind in the calm reception of the knowledge and of the limitations of the knowledge which refuses to be carried away by the fascination of this attractive or repelled by dislike for that unaccustomed or unpalatable thought suggestion and waits on the truth with a detached observation which allows it to grow on the strong disinterested mastering will and reason thus the soul becomes gradually equal to all the things master of itself adequate to meet the world with a strong front in the mind and as dis- undisturbed serenity of the spirit cheerfulness another remarkable sign of the conversion of your vital owing to agni's influence is that you face your difficulties and obstacles with a smile you do not sit any more in the sackcloth and ashes lamenting over your mistakes and feeling utterly crestfallen because you are not at the moment quite up to the mark you simply chase away the depression with a smile a hundred mistakes do not matter to you with a smile you recognize that you have erred and with a smile you resolve not to repeat the folly in the future all depression and gloom is created by the hostile forces who was never so pleased as when throwing on you a melancholy mood humility is indeed one thing and depression quite another the former a divine moment and the latter a very crude expression of the dark forces therefore face your troubles joyously oppose with the invariable cheerfulness the obstacle that beset the road to transformation the best means of routing the enemy is to laugh in his face you may grapple and tussle for days and he may still show the undiminished vigor but just one laugh at him and look he takes to his heels a laugh of self confidence and of faith in the divine is the most shattering strength possible it disrupts the enemy's front spread havoc in his ranks and carries you triumphantly onwards awaken consciousness there is a moment for choice even in an accident for instance one slips and falls just between the moment one has slipped and the moment one falls there is a fraction of a second at that moment one has a choice it may be nothing much it may be very serious only the consciousness must naturally be wide awake and one must be in contact with the psychic being constantly there is no time to make the contact one must be in contact between the moment one slips and the moment one falls on the ground if the mental and psychic formation is sufficiently strong then there is nothing 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 will happen nothing happens but if at that moment 
the mind according to its habit become a pessimist and tell itself oh i have slipped that lasts the fraction of second and that doesn't take even a minute it is a fraction of second during a fraction of second one has a choice but one must be so awake every minute of one's life for a fraction of second one has a choice there is a fraction of second in which one can prevent the accident from being serious can prevent the illness from entering in one always has a choice but it is for a fraction of second and one must not miss it if one misses it it finished one can make it afterwards no afterwards there is yet another moment one has fallen one is already hurt but there is still a moment when one can change things for the better or worse so that it may be nothing very figurative the bad effects of which will quickly disappear or something which becomes as serious as grave as it can be i don't know if you have noticed that there are people who never misses the opportunity of an accident every time there is a possibility of an accident they have it and never in their accident ordinary every time the accident can be serious it is serious well usually in the life one says oh he is unlucky he is unfortunate indeed he has no luck but all that is ignorance it depends absolutely on the working of his consciousness i could give you examples only i would have to speak about certain people and i don't know but i could give you striking examples and this this is a sort of thing which one sees all the time all the time here there are people who could have been killed and who comes out of it unscathed there are others for whom it was not serious and it becomes serious but that does not depend on thought on the working of the ordinary thought they may apparently have thoughts as good as others it is not that it is a second of the choice people knowing how to react just in the right way at the right time i could give you hundreds of example it is quite interesting this depends absolutely on the character some have such an awakened consciousness so alert that they are not asleep they are awake within just as the second it is required they call the help or they invoke the divine force but just at the second it is needed so the danger is averted nothing happens they could have been killed they come out of it absolutely unhurt others on the contrary as soon as they have the least little scath something gets dislocated in their being a sort of fright or pessimism or defeatism in their consciousness which automatically comes up it was nothing they had just twisted their leg and the next minute they break it there is no reason for it they could very well have not broken their leg there are others who climb up to the first door on the ladder which gives way under them they could have collapsed they come out of that without least hurt how did they manage it apparently this seems wonderful and still this is how things happen to them they find themselves lying on the ground in altogether fine state nothing has happened to them i could give you the names i am telling you exact facts so on what does this depend it depends on whether one is sufficiently awake for the second of the choice too and note that this is not at all the mental it is not that it is an attitude of the being it is a consciousness reacting in the right way 
it goes quite far very far it is formidable the power of this attitude but as it is just a fraction of second it implies an altogether awakened consciousness which never sleeps never enters in conceit for one does not even know when these things are going to happen isn't that so hence one does not have the time to wake up one must be awake i knew someone who indeed should have died and did not die because of this for his consciousness reacted very fast he had taken poison by mistake instead of taking one dose of certain medicine he had taken 12 and it was a poison he should have died the heart should have stopped it was many years ago and he is still quite alive he reacted in the right way remembering mantra from within it sometimes happens that when one is playing one does not remember the divine then suddenly one remembers and has a feeling that something breaks and one no longer plays well why because everything is upset that's the problem so you think that when you are playing and do not remember you play well no it is not quite that it is that you do something with certain concentration work or play and you are concentrated but you have not developed the habit of mixing the remembrance of the divine with the concentration which is not difficult but anyway you do not have the habit and then suddenly the remembrance comes then two things may happen either the concentration is broken because you make an abrupt movement to seize a new attitude entering the consciousness or else feel a little remorse or regret or disquiet oh i did not remember that suffices it upsets all you have done for you change conditions completely it is not the fact of remembering which makes you no longer play well it is the fact of having disturbed your concentration if you could remember without disturbing the concentration which is not difficult you would not only play well but would play better and then you may also take another attitude when you are playing and suddenly become aware that something is going wrong you are making mistakes and in attentive something opposing currents come across what you are doing if you develop the habit automatically at this moment of calling as by a mantra or repeating a word that has an extraordinary effect you choose your mantra or rather one day it comes to you spontaneously in moment of difficulty at a time when things are very difficult when you have a sort of anguish anxiety when you don't know what is going to happen suddenly this springs up in you the word springs up in you for each one it may be different but if you mark this and each time you face a difficulty you repeat it it becomes irresistible for instance if you feel you are about to fall ill if you feel you are doing badly what are you doing if you feel something evil is going to attack you then but it must be a spontaneity in the being it must spring up from you without your needing to think about it you choose your mantra because it is a spontaneous expression of your aspiration it may be one word two words three words or sentence that depends on each one but it must be a sound which awakens you a certain condition then when you have that i assure you that you can pass through everything without difficulty
even the real face veritable danger an attack for instance by someone who wants to kill you if without getting excited without being perturbed you quietly repeat your mantra one can do nothing to you naturally you must truly be master of yourself one part of the being must be trembling there like a leaf no you must do it entirely sincerely then it is all powerful the best is when the word comes to you spontaneously you call in a moment of great difficulty mental vital physical emotional whatever it may be and suddenly that springs up in you two or three word like magical words you must remember these and form the habit of repeating them in the moments when difficulties come if you form the habit one day it will come to you spontaneously when the difficulties come at the same time the mantra will come then you will see that the results are wonderful but it must not be an artificial thing or something you arbitrarily decide i shall use those words nor should somebody else tells you oh you know this is very good it is perhaps very good for him but not for everyone listening to the inner law the inner law the truth of the being is a divine presence in the every human being which should be the master and the guide of our life when you acquire the habit of listening to this inner law when you obey it follow it try more and more to let it guide your life you create around you an atmosphere of truth and peace and harmony which naturally reacts upon circumstances and forms so to say the atmosphere in which you live when you are being of justice truth harmony compassion understanding or perfect goodwill this inner attitude the more sincere and total it is the more it reacts upon the external circumstances not that it necessarily diminishes the difficulties of the life but it gives these difficulties a new meaning and that allows you to face them with a new strength and a new wisdom whereas the man the human being who follows his impulses who obeys his desire who has no time for the scrupulous who come to live in complete cynicism not caring for the effect that his life has upon others or for the more or less harmful consequences of his acts creates for himself an atmosphere of ugliness selfishness conflict and bad will which necessarily acts more and more upon his consciousness and give a bitterness to his life that in end becomes a perpetual torment of course this does not mean that such a man will not succeed in what he undertakes that he will not be able to possess what he desires these external advantages disappear only when there is within the inmost being a spark of sincerity which persists in making him worthy of this misfortune if you see a bad man become unlucky and miserable you must immediately respect him it means that the flame of inner sincerity is not altogether extinguished and something still reacts to his bad actions the end